What is that? That's so awesome. We're so happy to have you in the house of the Lord. I sense something very unique and special happening here today. And we're going to let it happen. And so we're going to let this happen today. So we're excited about this series. Um, we are in a new series called Asking for a Friend. Have you ever been in church before and wanted to ask a question right in the middle of the message? was like, please shut up. I have a question. Like, can you pause? And again, especially if I'm talking, I talk fast. So y'all be like, huh? I have to catch it on the video. But, but uh, we wanted to create an opportunity for your questions to be asked. And so we hit social media. And, um, and many questions came in, but also we're gonna, um, we're gonna do that. We're gonna give you an opportunity to, oh, good. At the end of the worship experience, if you have questions, there's gonna be a question box right here on the altar. We're gonna put it right here on the altar. And you can come in at the end of the worship experience. If you have questions you want us to address in the month of August, you can just write them down anonymously. You don't have to put uh, your name on it. Hence, asking for a friend. Uh, my friend wanted to know. Um, and so I want you to come and drop your questions, and we're going to answer it. Isn't that a great, 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 great kind of series to get your answers, questions answered? Because a lot of people have been taught that don't ask, question God or don't question his word. And it's not about God. Let me say this. God doesn't mind your questions doesn't mind your questions at all and he's open to receive them and so we're excited about this new series so because this is a safe place um, it's okay um, to have a question it's okay to ask that question um, I think some of us have seen it before as dishonorable um, and that could be the houses we grew up in um, you know, don't question me and stuff like that. And um, I don't think it was intentional, but it created um, this dumb spirit um, to where we proceeded into our Christianity with a dumb spirit um, where we don't ask any questions. We don't seek understanding. And then when we get challenged in an area, we don't even have enough to stand on because we're just dumb. Um, and so... Not it's just out the gate, huh? Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Just dumb in certain areas. Yeah. You're just dumb. Like you, you do stuff and you don't. And if somebody came in here and asked why, yeah, you couldn't. Then explain. you, you didn't. You know, you just didn't have anything. Um, I was playing a little game with Pastor Devondre, and you know, I was just giving him a season and asking him for a scripture that matched that season. Um, and so for every um thing that we stand on as a part of what we believe, we should have the knowledge and the background to be able to explain and win those to Christ through that understanding. And so it is okay. Like God loves your questions. I don't care who rejected your questions before, but God loves your questions. And so um, this week's questions, we got um, a bunch of different questions. And so we kind of grouped them um, by similarity. And so this week, uh, we're gonna address a set of four different questions um, and hopefully give you some understanding behind it and inspire you to go seek out the answers to your questions, or even if this scratches just the surface of it, that you seek even deeper understanding um, for the answers to these questions. So um, one of our questions this week was, um, is church hopping wrong um, or a sin? And I thought it was a fair question. So this concept of church hopping is, you know, in 
the way I understand it, is you go from church to church and you're not necessarily committed to any one church. When I met um, Scott, he was a professional, <laughs> self-proclaimed, I didn't. I wasn't judging him. No, he wasn't quiet about this it. This is how he, he introduced, introduced himself. himself to us. Yeah. So we met him. He was a visitor. I asked him how he got there. He said he found us on the internet. And he and I asked him, will he be back? And he said, probably next week. Not next week because I'm a church hopper. <laughs> and said. so um, what that meant for him and how I understand it is that he just visited different churches, wasn't necessarily a partner or a member at any of, any of these churches. Um, now, not to be confused with, Church hopping, which is assigned to certain people um, by churches or pastors who the person has been at their church and then they switch churches. Okay, so some people call those people church hopper, but they just mad because you left. Right. Okay, so you're not a church hopper. It's okay, baby. They just mad because you left. Um, and then there are other people who literally are going to different churches, but they're looking right for somewhere to plant their feet, okay? And now that can be seen from the outside as a church hopper, okay? Now that's different than what Scott was doing. Scott wasn't trying to plant his feet nowhere. He wasn't looking. He just was like, this is fun. Meet different people, right. you know, meet, you know, different people, hear different words, take different styles. But the other type of person can sometimes be labeled as a church hopper, but what it has to do is with your posture towards the church. So if your posture is to be planted or your posture is not to be planted, that makes a difference in being a church hopper. So the question is, is church hopping wrong or a sin? And the answer is, it depends on the posture of your heart. Yes, if your posture towards the church is to not be planted in a church, and we'll kind of get into that later. Um, so yes, if that your posture is to not get planted. No, it's not a sin if you are looking for somewhere to be planted and you are letting God lead you to find that place of planting, okay? All right, um, either way though, it's, it's not a sin, okay? Either one of those contexts is not a sin. You're not going to hell for that, okay? Um, but you may be falling to a little bit of disobedience if you're not looking to be planted. All right, here we go. How do you know, this is a second question, how do you know when it's time to leave a church? All right, so um, praise God, amen, it happens. Um, you know when it's time to leave a church when it no longer is a platform for your growth. Um, be careful with that because a lot of times people will say, I left that church because I wasn't growing. Um, however, when you were there, were you pursuing the opportunities for growth, okay? Because people have left here and right. said they weren't growing. <laughs> exactly. um, people have left here and said that, you know, they weren't receiving the word. Um, they the, had to go somewhere where somebody actually taught the word. That's what they taught. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so people will have their perspectives. But if you are actively pursuing the areas that they have to grow. So here, if you're in a Connects group, you come to corporate prayer, you serve with CTI, you're on a team, um, you're in the On With You classes, you're coming regularly on Sundays, taking notes and studying those notes during the week. Still not growing. And still not growing, you should leave. It. Bye. You should. I'm telling you, leave this church. Yeah. If you are currently pursuing the outlets for growth, 
and you are not growing, okay? Then it's time to leave. It's time to leave that church, okay? And and there are some churches who don't have outlets or you are in the outlets and you literally are not. So then that would be time. The other part of that is when God says so. Bottom line. God will sometimes tell you to leave a church. And so one of the ways that you answer this question honestly is you've got to have a pure heart. If your heart has any bitterness, any offense, everything that I previously said will be all muddled. It'll be all muddled and you'll make the wrong decision based off of something that is um, unstable or very shaky. And so you want to clear your heart and then pursue that question. Am I taking advantage of all opportunities to grow? And is God telling me that it is time to move on? One other way that you may know that you need to leave a church is that they do not look like the Acts 2 church, nor do they have systems in place to become an Acts 2 church. So you might be in a church and you're growing, but you're growing in a stunted way. Can I say so, something? Yeah. So about Acts 2, because some of you don't know why we're saying that. So that's when the church was birthed, was in Acts chapter 2. And so it has some very clear statements in there, especially from verses 42 to 47. Yes. Of what the church should look like. And so that's why we're referring to it. The church should be born. The churches that exist should be showing themselves like the church was born. And so that's what she means when she says Acts chapter 2 or Acts 2 church. Yeah, so when you make a list of what you're looking for in the church, read that chapter 2, verse 44 through 47, and that's your list. That's your measuring stick. It's not about what you feel like. It's not about if you like the way the pastor dressed. It really has nothing to do with that. You might really like us. You might really like different people, but if they go astray and they are not on that model or have systems in place to go in that model, then it may be a nice place, but it may be time for you to leave, especially if they cut off big chunks and big slices, which unfortunately these days is cutting out the whole slice that talks about the supernatural, um, cutting out the whole slice that talks about Holy Spirit and him having free expression. It's a nice place, but it really doesn't have any more Jesus than your local courthouse. All right. Here's the next question that we need to answer today that came in to us. Can you please God and not serve in a local church? I love that question. Can you please God and not serve in a local church? Okay, listen to me first. And I'm going to explain. The answer is no. But listen, you have to expand what you call serving. For many of us, we think, you think in our context, especially if you go to all nations, that that means you have to join a team here. But there's a number of ways that you can serve with your gifts. Give the example of a billionaire who's running a Fortune 500 company and is traveling all over the world and doesn't have the context or that some Sundays they can't be here. So then they cannot come to your training, which means they can't serve. But then God has blessed them financially to work their gift of giving. So the way that they serve the local church is by making sure that the church is funded. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here? 
it makes that it's funded. It, it, that doesn't mean, I want you to get again, out of saying it means join a team. That may mean, it, it can mean a number of things. That may mean that you, you can't come and serve on a Sunday, but then you have time where you can find out what other needs are in the church. So what you do is help find out what some of the congregants needs are. And so you just become a, a person that goes to help meet needs within the congregation. Or you find out that you have an administrative gift. And uh, in my eyes, is that pastor? For all the way from Seattle, would you stand? I'm going to interrupt my message just for that. Would you please stand, Pastor Daniel Montgomery? Uh, and uh, we're so happy to see you. Lady Montgomery, please stand. Y'all keep standing. Keep standing from Seattle. We honor you. We're so happy that you're here. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Y'all know how I am country in that way. I'm be like, hey, you. Good to see you, especially nothing. So you know how I do. All right. So what was I talking about? Serving in the local church. Yeah, so you can serve in the local church a number of ways. It doesn't just equal joining a team. Does that make sense? Because why? God gave you a gift, and we're going to get into it later. He did not give that gift to you alone. He wants his church to go to the next level because of the gift you have. Period. If that cuts you, good. Next. Is there always a genuine context for every gift within the four walls of the church? My answer is going to be yes, and I'll show you in scripture. Bless you. That's all I have to say. You want to say something else? Oh, the title of this message is, You Need It. Look at somebody say, you need it. What do you need? The local church. You need it. Let's go. So on the basis of those four <laughs> questions, um, we've built what we feel that God wants to say today to, um, to our local body, um, even further addressing those questions and giving you some more um, biblical understanding and even some inroads where you can go um, study that research. So I encourage you that every scripture that we give, go ahead and um, read it out in context. So you'll write it down the verse that we talk about today, but go back and read that whole chapter and if you you know need to read the whole the whole thing read the whole book read the chapter before chapter after whatever it is that you need to get a real context for what was being said okay and so um you need it uh, one of the things that this series or set of questions addresses is um being planted in your local church um being planted in your local church is actually a biblical precept Okay, and so you know people who um, live outside of being a part of a local church, right? So they say, I have my personal relationship with God. Um, they say, I don't have to join a church to go, ahead, to go to heaven. God's not mad at me because I'm not a part of a local church. So we have all of these reasons and all of these things, all of these um, you know, lists that justify us not being a part of the local church. However, I take it all the way back to the Bible. And when I look at Psalms 92 and 13, it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They shall what? They shall flourish in the courts of our God. Simple. So when people tell me stuff like, I don't have to, God's not mad, I tell them high five, then wither and die. Because that's the opposite of flourishing. 
Every other week, you bringing me your prayer requests. Every other week, you on and off with the Lord. You're the one who haven't laid hold of what it is that God has for you. So you just keep justifying, and I'm just going to be over here flourishing. And when you're ready, follow me. I know the way. Justified, absolutely. It's just not what he has for you. It's just not what he has for you. If you decide that your mother makes a full five-course meal, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, no ham hocks but turkey necks, cornbread with a little bit of honey, a little bit of jalapeno, not too hot but just enough, you know what I mean? And then like some honey glazed salmon and then throws in a lemon pound cake on the side. But you decide that you'd prefer a ham sandwich, have at it. It's not wrong for you to eat a ham sandwich. But if that's what you desire, then amen. Psalms 92 is where the meal at. I'm just saying. But the modern day phenomena is a phenomena of having commitment issues. It's just across the board. People don't commit to jobs for a long time. Um, you know, I about walked off my job of 11 years and I about had a nervous breakdown. I'm like, Jesus, you know, I'm driving there and not even supposed to be there. But it's like, it's like people have commitment issues, just period, jobs and, and relationships, friendships. Uh, we, uh, I had teachers who were in my elementary school who had been there to teach like my older siblings and some of my youngest aunts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was serious. Like, people stayed through trials and tribulations. And so this commitment thing has kind of boiled over into how we see membership of the local church. It was the custom of Jesus. It was the custom of Jesus to be in the temple. You, and we're not talking about, you know, this dogmatic thing where it's like you need to be at home crying and feeling all condemned because you missed one week of church. It's not what we're talking about. That is not what we're talking about. But we are talking about your commitment to partner with God's house and to build it. You see church membership all throughout the New Testament, entire people groups. And see, they didn't have choices like we have choices, all right? There was like the church of San Bernardino and you was a San Bernardino night. Like, that was it. Like, it was the church of San Bernardino, the church of Rialto, the church of Rancho Cucamonga. And if you lived in Rancho, you would... You, like you were in that church like it was a thing it was a community thing it wasn't like like hey are you going to church on Sunday it was like hey let's go like let's go we going together we're going separate you riding your donkey I'm getting on the back like how like this is what we are doing it was the expectation and you see that all throughout the entire New Testament it was a normalized way of living but we've gotten too smart to actually follow the Bible yeah one of the things that people love to say is I am the church and you know some of y'all have been with me while you know I'm coming for that so you are the church that the gates of the hell are not going to, you, you, you know, they're not going to prevail against you. You by yourself. You the church? Wishy-washy you. You the church? 
can't pay your bills. You alone are the church. No. The church is a body. It's a body. A whole bunch of parts that come together to make the church. And, you, it's not, and then I got to break up this concept of just it, God is just talking to the church worldwide. No. The Bible says, even through what Apostle Jaquette just brought up, there were local churches in the New Testament. Church of Ephesus. Church of Philippi. These were churches in a city. They were the local churches. So when the church was being built in the New Testament way, it was being built as local church gatherings. Are you getting this? So you alone are not the church by yourself. We become the church. Okay? There was clear direction even given to the local church pastors. Yes. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Put that up for me. Acts 20, verse 28 says, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. You read the same scripture. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He's speaking to pastors or shepherds of a local church. Yes. Are you understanding this? So God has raised up the local church to be able to help take your life to the next level. And he set up overseers of that local church to be in, in part of and to be connected to your development and your growth. I need you to look at somebody and say, you need it. You need it. Here's the next thing. He gave clear direction to those under the leadership of yep. local church pastors. Yep. Give me Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7. Hebrews 13, verse 7. We're going to show you in the scripture. It's not my opinion. I have Bible for everything that I'm going to tell you today. Bible. Not your opinion. Not your desire to be alone. Not your desire to want to stay home. You with me? Hebrews 13, 7. Remember those who rule. Okay, Bible. Remember those who rule over you. Yeah. Who have spoken the word of God to you. Whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Okay. Verse number 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We like that. Just that we, just, we just extract that part. But we forget all of these verses that have been here. We just go, oh, yeah, he's the same. Thank you, Lord. No, let's go to verse 9. Do not be carried about, listen to this, with various and strange doctrines. Part of the reason why God is giving you the local church pastor is to make sure the right body of teaching is in you. Without the local church, you go flying all kind of places believing all kinds of things. And the reason why some of us are messed up in the membrane is because we have gone to all of these places, floating around, coming up with teachings, mixing new age doctrine with Bible. But the kingdom of God wants you to be established at a new level. I'm getting stirred. I said the kingdom of God wants you to be established at a new level. And he wants you established in the word of God. And it's not your job to just study alone. You need to study for yourself. But then God raises up spiritual leaders to help ground you in the doctrine of the kingdom of God. Oh, this is good to me. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Strange. Weird stuff. Where you come up with that from? Are you understanding this? Here's the next thing. For it is good that the heart be 
established by grace. Not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. That's why I can't just go to any old kind of church. Because there are some places, as we hit earlier, where I'm being fed stuff that's causing for me not to profit at all. Being planted in the right local church equals the profit of my life. Are you getting this today? If you go into a place that's feeding you the wrong food, they'll even have you not just spiritually broke, but financially broke. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Because they'll have you in a place where they're not even they're not encouraging you to invade the marketplace. They're not encouraging you to go into the place and do what God called you to do. And they believe and it's making you take vows of poverty as a Christian. And they have you doing all of these kinds of things because of wrong teaching. That's your neighbor and say, you need it. You need it. Let's skip down to verse number 17. Oh, this stirs me. Oh, yes. Verse number 17. Here it goes. Obey. Lord have mercy. I didn't write this. I had nothing to do with the writing of any of these scriptures. Obey those who have PJ always says, why do you got to stand up? Why don't you just sit down the whole time? No, I'm just, I'm just are you I'm good? I can walk. It's okay, you. it's good to me, so. <laughs> Obey those who have rule over you. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow if you're grown. Many of us. Not all of us, some of you. You're like, I'm grown. I'm a grown, blankety-blank man or woman. And I do whatever I want to do. So when you hear somebody telling your grown self to obey somebody... Can y'all be real in here today? You like, huh? Let me find out. <laughs> I have my own car. I pay my own bills. Oh, oh, obey. Do what? Appreciate your suggestion, but obey? Suggestion. This is why many people don't want the local church. They don't want the right local church because they don't want accountability, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But obey those who rule over you and be what? You read it, so I won't. You say, won't say, I said it. To be what? Submissive, Submissive for those who what? There's a local church pastor assigned to the watching of your soul. Apparently, God doesn't want you to just say He's watching you. Apparently, He's raised up men and women in the earth. That he's assigned to watch over your soul. To watch over it means that they see from another perspective. To watch over it means they ain't down here, they up here. And they're seen from a place you don't see from. Y'all quiet in here. I'm about to step on all your rebellious toes. I said he's raised up people who see higher than what you see. And that's why you need the local church pastor. Because they see in your life a different way. I feel the Holy Ghost on me. Let me move on, get my wife her turn. As those, listen, this is what they have to do. They have to give an account. God's requiring for them to come back to him to give an account for you. Are y'all seeing this? I know you chose the church because it had the best uh, children's ministry and it had this and that church had this. But the spirit of God says you need to have people to give account for yourself and let them do so. Let them do so and don't let them be grieved while they're doing it. 
It will. It wears your pastors, plural, down to invest in counsel, to invest with time, only for you to be flippant with it, squander it, and then come back and blame us anyway. It puts us in the position where we can't give you our best. So if we gave you an hour of our best, unfiltered exactly what God was saying, you turn around, threw it in the trash, that next time it creates a hesitation now of how do I go into this? How do I package this now to where maybe this time it will be palatable? It is like standing on the other side of a fire, walking, watching somebody walk into a burning furnace with your hands tied and a muzzle over your mouth because you know they're about to lose. Jesus. And that's what it means to allow them to do it with joy and not grief. Amen. Because <laughs> some people don't know what the, the yeah. grief part that we're, that that we're talking about. Yeah. You know? And they're just like, oh, you know, it was just their advice. Amen. But if we say obey, then that sounds bad and like controlling and yeah. like dictatorship and like all that kind of stuff. I hear you. So then we say, well, we think, you know, whatever. Okay. So, um, God hasn't changed his mind about membership in the church. The second thing that we heard underlying in those questions was kind of um, give me more of what the purpose of the church is. So a lot of times when questions come up on like membership of a local church, faithfulness in a local church, then it really indicates to us that people maybe don't understand the full purpose of the church. And so we want to dive into that a little bit by what we receive from the questions. And so um, if you look at Hebrews 10 and 25, Um, It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So a lot of times, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. Just that small part is used to um, really, and and that part's not even a complete sentence. You got to read the whole thing. Um, But it's often used to hammer down people to be at their local church every time the doors are open um, of the church. And so people use that to kind of hammer them down. But when you look at forsake, it really doesn't have to do with attendance. If you look at forsake, Forsake, it has to do with the mind and the posture of the mind. So when he said, um, when Jesus said, my God, why have, have you forsaken me? He wasn't saying like, why didn't you show up while they crucified? He's asking like, 
why didn't you keep me in mind? He's like, are you even thinking about me? He's like, like, why aren't you like loving me and caring for me and like protecting me? Like it's your mind posture. It's not attendance. Now, of course, if you get the, want to get the most out of it, attendance is important, but this is not to say that you cannot ever miss. It's to say to keep it in mind. And why? Well, because part of that purpose is to consider one another. It really is an emphasis on positive peer pressure. It says that the purpose of the local church is to stir up good works in one another. And so part of why we're gathering is to push each other to do good things so that you don't feel like you're the only one out there living for God. You don't feel like yeah. you're the only one with standards. Yeah. You don't feel like you're the only one doing it with integrity. I had a, a conversation with um, a couple of the partners about integrity this morning. You don't feel like you're the only person taking the long way around. It is to encourage each other to stir up one another in these good works. It is for encouragement and exhortation. That means when you're in this space you've got to encourage you've got to exhort because as you invest it then that's what you get the harvest of this is the purpose of the church a lot of those people who um, stand on not having to be a part of the local church are some of the most discouraged unstable confused people I know but they feel so justified in, be, in being outside of the body but if they come in the body the affirmation the exhortation the encouragement that they're looking for there's already been a table prepared for them one of the things the local church provides is community. Everybody say community. Community. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Now all who believe were together. I love that word, together. And had all things in common. They were together and they had all things in common. So when you become a part of a local church family, it should provide that community with you. And that means that when you have an issue, your church has an issue. You understand that? When you have a victory, your church has a victory. When you have real community, there ought to be some part of that community that's celebrating and that's walking with you in the low parts of your journey. You get both things. You need people that's just not going to just be in your wins, but you need people to be down in the valley. So you're here today. And you need to be in a local church. And that local church has the ability because we share the same DNA. We, 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 we share the same kind of ideas according to the word of God. Then listen, then you understand me at a different level. Even though my pattern may be different than your pattern in all of the details. But you can understand how I'm processing through how I want to be a part of changing the world. And how I yeah. want my family to be healthy. And how I want to go to the next level. You find this kind of community inside of the local church that's what I love about people here who don't want to just come here and get a good word but want to go out there and transform the world well what a support system in this church because then you get around other people that's like yeah Monday through Friday we're changing the world too Monday through Friday we're trying to impact lives Monday through Friday we're trying to shift things and we're trying to do things and we don't want to just come to church well being in the right community is going to encourage you in the kingdom mandate on your life and then I love what they said in verse 45 is that they sold their possessions and goods 
and divided them among all as anyone had need. So they were sensitive to each other's needs. So when you were inside of that community, okay, and you're connecting to that community, now someone can't be there to meet a need that you're silent about. And so you can't say, well, I I, I thought he was a prophet. I thought they was going to pick up on it. Right? You got to open your mouth. Hit your neighbor that look like they're ready to go home and say, open your mouth. You've got to open your mouth and say something, and then your community is able to come connect with you or connect you to a place where the resource is so you can go to the next level. Okay? A part of being accountable is being counted. Look at Matthew 18, 17 later. I don't have time to jump into it, but look at Matthew 18, 17 later. You've got to understand that when you're when you a part of the right community, you're going to have accountability, right? And you, anytime you join something, you can't just say you're a part of a team. Nobody can just show up in L.A. and be like, I'm on the Lakers roster. I'm a Laker. No, you have to actually go through the process of joining the Lakers to be considered to be on that team. And you don't get the benefits of being a Laker, hello, without going through the process and being a part of that community. Are you understanding that? To be on that team. Same thing in a local church. You have to be counted. That means you're going to have to actually commit. Then you get the benefit of that local church. But one of the things that you get inside of the local church, according to Matthew chapter 18, 17, you get pushed into right standing, into character in Christ's likeness. If you're in the right community, then they're going to hold you accountable to your character. If something shifts in your character and it doesn't align to the plan of God or when you are doing well. Because I found out uh, recently, I've been, when I've been seeing people doing well, I've been pushing myself in more affirmation. So when I see you doing well, I come and be like, oh, my God, the way you just handled that was amazing. I, I see your growth and I see your development. Why? Because when you ain't got it right, you know I'm coming. And, and so, so I'm going to make sure you know to make sure you know that that went right. So when you're doing it well, I want to affirm you in that because sometimes we've thought that it's just the correction that helps. But listen, you've got to beat that devil's mouth because oftentimes people are consistently being pulled down. But in the right local church, you're going to have leaders that are going to affirm you as well. And listen, you're going to have teammates and you're going to have congregate partners that are going to affirm you as well in what the Lord has called you to do. You are able to, in the right community, confess your sins to one another. What a powerful thing to be in the right community where I don't have to be shy about my issues. I don't want to be outside of community. I want to be in the kind of church where I can walk in and be like, I'm a mess. And they'd be like, come here, come here, child. Yes, you are. Let me hug you. You crazy. I'm crazy. I mean, we just all crazy in here. Let's press into this scripture. Let's press into this principle. Let's press into this idea in the word. And they help you go to the next level. The dangers of church hopping is not being stable or knowledgeable enough to receive all the benefits of the local church. Amen. So we need you, and you need it. Your community needs you. How do I know this? God is giving you a gift that's for the profit of all. According to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11, Oh, it is your scripture. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're on a roll. I acquiesce. (laughs) As each has received the gift, 
For those that don't know, our messages are, are color-coded. And how many of you know that I have color deficiency? So that looked black to me, but it's purple. Glory to God. First Peter 4. It's purple and yellow. 10 through 11. As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that everything God, in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so when we have, um, and it's a consistent conversation, especially because we consider ourselves a serving church. Um, that's one of the things that people are always um, really uh, impressed by. And for us, it's just like, it's the way of the kingdom. Um, but you have a lot of places where people are not willing to serve. Um, we're pushing for a certain percentage here, but the percentage that we have is really record-breaking. The number of people that we have here that serve on a team. Um, but our goal is 100%. Our goal is 100% um, either joining an established team or making your impact felt. Serving is about making an impact. And so it grieves us when people don't see a space for them to serve. There is space for your gift no matter what your gift is. And if there wasn't, then this scripture wouldn't exist. Because what the scripture says is that as you each received a gift, use it to serve one another. Your gift, it is to be given away to somebody else. And by you operating in your gift, the idea is that God will be glorified. This is why when the question came in and the philanthropist was mentioned, we kind of went back and forth on this one because we're like, they're doing good. And really one of the other questions that we didn't add to this list that would have applied was do good people go to heaven? And we have a heart for good people. And we want to say that good people are doing okay by doing good. But if your gift doesn't give glory to God, it doesn't matter how good you are. Because that means that you are getting the glory. Your name's on the building. Your name is on the certificate. Your name alone is being repeated and written in the books. And if it's just your name, you've just put a cap on what he gave you the gift for. Your gift should be giving him glory. And I know we feel called to our nine to five and you may be called to your nine to five. And now you've got to figure out how that nine to five can work to give him glory now you've got to figure out how you take that gift and even outside of the four walls that's fine but however you're doing it it needs to give him glory when people ask you how you got to this position give him glory when people ask you how you got this opportunity give him glory when people ask you how you got these accelerated results give him glory when people ask you how you got to this place how you got to this space give him glory and as you give him glory it's a 
okay that you're operating outside of these four walls. It's okay that you're pursuing other mountains. It's okay that you went to school and you got a license and you're smart and you've earned where you are in the natural. But what will you do with the glory? Will you let them praise you? Will you let them tell you how smart you are? Will you let them tell you how innovative you are? Will you just take it in and get all puffed up? Or will you give him the glory? We have talked ourselves out of it, saying that God's given us the kingdom for the taking. He said, every place that I step my feet on, he's given it to me. Absolutely. But you know what he wanted you to do? He wanted you to give him glory. We have been called to serve one another. The scripture is very, very clear that your service is connected to God. Galatians 6 and 10 says, so then as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Listen to this. And this is why the philanthropist is out because it says, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is his house. You can't be in biblical standing and not do good to them and them because he called you to both. There is a felt impact that God has that is not for the broad general community. He's giving you that gift to bless his house. He's giving you that smartness to bless his house he's giving you that strategy to bless his house and the people of the household of faith there's a relational aspect and if you've been called to be a millionaire you've been called to be a billionaire you've been called to establish things in other countries god gave you all of that and don't you let some religious person tell you that he hasn't called you to that don't don't do that don't do that and don't make them let you feel make you feel bad about all the impact influencing you have don't you let them do that to you don't you let them do that to you but what you're gonna constantly do is you're gonna reach back and bless his house you're gonna reach back and bless his house you're gonna reach back and bless his house and as you bless his house your gift is making room for you you think your gift made room for you in the world and didn't make room for you in the church he has called you to bless his house with a felt impact there are universities there are universities i'll never forget i went to the university of southern california usc and I'm on my first week working at USC, I called a donor <clears throat> as I worked in um, the Office of Annual Giving. And that donor was very happy to hear from me. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Hey, hey there, girl. And she said, I'm going to make my annual contribution. But she wanted to make sure that it went to the right place. She gave $100,000. And she made it clear that one of the things she loved when she went to USC was the beautiful flowers. That lady said she wanted $100,000 to donate to just the landscaping of the university. And I'm looking like, what the? 
you can pay my tuition because um well no my tuition was paid but you can pay my room and board because um, I'm struggling and you you saying you're gonna give six figures to the flowers that was normal she told me to call her back second semester and she would match it with another hundred thousand she had some deals on the table, but she needed to get them handled and she was gonna give another 100,000, but she wanted to make sure that that only went to the flowers as well. That's normal in the world. It's abnormal in the church. Only the enemy tells you to save your money and to give it other places and don't waste your money in the house of God. But if you put your money here, this is what will flourish. This is what will grow. This is the seed that you will get the harvest off of. But we get all tight. That lady was excited to get my call. She was waiting for me to call. She expected for me to call again. Asked me to call again and ask her for another $100,000 for flowers. You have been robbed. You have been robbed into thinking that there was ill motives giving your gift and sowing it in the house of the Lord. Lastly, Ephesians chapter 4, stand with me. Chapter 11 says that God gave apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets for the upbuilding of the saints for the work of of the ministry why do you need the local church because God is giving you spiritual leaders to equip you to change the world yeah that's why we're here we're not here so we can run scream and holler and give God praise that's not the only reason why we're here we're here to be equipped so that when we leave out of these doors today the world is changed around us I need you to do me a favor. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them you're a kingdom ambassador. You're a kingdom ambassador. Look at somebody on the other side of them and to you and tell them that you're a kingdom ambassador. That means you are a representative of the kingdom of God. Listen to me. The church is a part of the kingdom. The church is not the kingdom. But the church is a part of the kingdom. And the church is the womb of the kingdom. And the church births forth many who will take the kingdom of God and take light into the world to see people transform. That's why it's important that you're locked in. That's important that you're committed. It's important that you're planted. We'll go where we will go back to where we started in Psalms 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of God are going to flourish my question for you today can you cause for your roots to run deeper God doesn't want you to be a potted plant that can be picked up and moved wherever it's moved but God wants your roots to run deep in the house of God this message today is